0: Welcome to the Nerd Nostalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Bo- Even in utopia. Someone has to clean up the mess. That's where I come in. The girl promised me a way out, and I was desperate enough to believe her. We were all buried at sea. We just didn't know it yet, but could do it. Howdy beans, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're all good, as per usual. Before we get into it, make sure that you follow me at Twitter at NerdSagic underscore pod. And if you listen to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and all that. Jazz, I'm currently, as of recording this, I've reached my milestone of 90 subs, which is just incredible. Um, So if anybody who's listening to this who hasn't subscribed and I'm currently at 90, my next goal is 100. So if we can get myself to 100, I will be over the moon excited. Um, So thank you very much. So today, I'm finally going back to Rapture. I'm going back to Bioshock for the last time. Um this review will be done in a few parts because the barrel at sea um dlc the reason i've split it away from infinite one thing that the infinite episode is its own thing anyway and that was very very long i didn't want it to be any longer than it was also the fact of in my opinion the barrel at sea sort of expansion sort of dlc um is its own bioshock experience anyway especially how it ties into rapture as well as infinite um the way I'm going to be doing this review, I'm going to break it down into two parts. So, you, firstly, it will be sort of part one, breakdown, and then part two. Um, there will be spoilers. Uh, I will say this off the bat. Um, th- there will be major spoilers ahead. So, if you haven't played Barshak 1 and 2, if you haven't played Barshak Infinite, um, don't listen to this. Um, and you can if you want to, but I would recommend not to because there's a lot of story beats and a lot of things I'm going to get into. Uh, that's spoiler-heavy. I try to stay away from spoilers as much as possible and warn uh, you beans whenever they would appear in, in the last sort of reviews. Um, but for this one, there's no way that I can mention anything in this story without mentioning spoilers. Because, well, the first episode is a big spoiler for where it's set, and it's same for the second episode. So you you've been warned, if you don't want no spoilers and you want to play this yourself or you haven't played Infinite yet, please, by all means, come off this video i won't be offended go play those games and then come back at a later date i just wanted to give everybody a pre-warning so they can say luke didn't warn us no no I'm, I'm telling you um this they will be spoilers here so please do go back and um play uh bioshock uh one bioshock two basically everything in anything you can in terms of uh bioshock before um you come here. So I just want to do again, as I did for the other ones, a bit of um, talk about the development. So before Barshock Infinite's release, 2K International Games announced a season pass for the game. The pass promised free expansion packs as downloadable content after launch in discussing ideas for the DLC. Irrational gravitated towards returning to the city of Rapture after location had made a cameo appearance at the end of Infinite. Due to the ambitious nature and longer development of Burial at Sea, Irrational developed a smaller expansion, Clash in the Clouds, to tide players over. Irrational began work on the DLC immediately after finishing work on Infinite. Compared to the base game, familiarity with Burial at Sea's game systems allowed the developers to focus on the story without any many um, considerations for how it would affect gameplay. The developers tried to respect the original gameplay of Bioshock while integrating Infinite's combat sandbox. This pared down the number of plasmids and available ammo to make players think more strategically about engaging enemies. The gameplay for the content was altered to fit the setting and feel of Rapture compared to the larger battles of Infinite. Enemy awareness systems were Retooled and environments redesigned to increase the focus on stealth and make the game feel more like Bioshock. Through the developer though the developers could not change the gameplay wholesale, they focused on marketing the environment making the environments feel more oppressive and threatening, especially for when Elizabeth was a playable character. Um the in-game settings of Rapture was recreated with very little re- reuse of assets from Bioshock 1 and 2, as they did not hold up to the years uh, since the game's release. They were instead used as references to inform new assets. Uh, instead of flat black drops of the city outside windows in environments, the exterior cityscapes were created with three-dimensional geometry. The added content includes new weapons, gear, plasmids, the Rapture equivalent of vigors, as well as... Bringing back the mechanics of the weapon wheel that allows players to carry and select from multiple weapons, one of the new plasmids is Old Man Winter, which freezes and shatters enemies. The concept was created by Joe Trainer, a fan and graphic designer. Shortly after the Real Infinite, the concept art mimicking all that in-game posters for Vigors caught the attention of Levine, who decided to incorporate the concept within the Beryl at Sea content with Uh, uh, treaters help the artwork was redesigned to match the rapture setting and influence part of the level design where the plasmid would be found so that's kind of a brief sort of explanation of of the development uh that they wanted to go back to rapture that there's been enough time had passed and they wanted to sort of tell a story that not only just gave weight and reason to go back to rapture but also linked into infinite and the infinite characters and sort of the ideas and concepts that were set up in um bar infinite how they would translate over and how that fits elizabeth and how that fits booker into going back to rapture and this new setting of um, of rapture so that is to give you sort of an idea of the development um I'm going to go into talk breaking down part one, uh, or shall we say, Beryl at Sea episode one. So, without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? Right, so, Beryl at Sea episode one. Now, again, I will mention it one more time, there will be spoilers. Um I know I did a few spoilers in the introduction so if you're still here there will be spoilers and that's the last time I'm going to mention it so it's at your own accord if you want to carry on right so plot overview in the city of Rapture Booker DeWitt is well known is a well known private detective handling his clients dirty work When not drinking and gambling, on the eve of 1959, a mysterious woman by the name of Elizabeth asks him to investigate the disappearance of a young girl named Sally. Elizabeth's intentions are vague and she is unwilling to reveal any vital information, saying only that Sally is alive and that elite artist Sander Cohen may have information regarding her whereabouts. The duo journey to Cohen's at High at, um, High Street Revenue, but are denied entrance to the club. Needing the masks specifically uh, crafted for the club's exclusive party guests, Booker and Elizabeth search nearby shops. With Elizabeth distracting the shopkeeper, Booker is able to retrieve the acquired masks and the two are welcome into Cohen's party. As they enter the Garden of the Muses, Cohen is working on his latest piece of performance art. However, it falls short of the Observed artists' high standards, and he disposes of the models. After the light show, Booker and Elizabeth confront Cohen about Sally. He expresses his suspicion of Elizabeth's intentions, but agrees to reveal Sally's location if Booker and Elizabeth dance to inspire his muse. Faced with no other options, the two waltz. It is only moments before Cohen once again finds an error and shocks them unconscious. However, he does keep his end of the bargain. He drags them to the bathysphere, claiming it will take them to Sally. As a brief sort of overview of what's going on in in this um, in this episode, because episode two is its own bag, and episode two gets really really weird. Um, I can't wait to talk about that one. But episode one is is very much contained. If if anything, if you were to take Rapture out of it, it is kind of a shorter version of what happens from start to finish of Bioshock what uh, of Bioshock Infinite. Really, just a lot shorter, less drawn out, less complicated, but set in Rapture. You know the only difference is instead of the 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 touch twins, yeah, God, not the twins. Le, instead of the twins, I don't know where the touch came from. Instead of the twins coming to you, and basically offering you to kind of uh, find the girl, wipe away the debt. It's Elizabeth coming to you this time and being like, "Look, come find Sally," and she's important. I need you to find her, and then Booker is like, "Okay, I'll help you to find her." And as it sort of transpires through the story, you find that sally was booker's daughter and that booker in this reality um he again he's alcoholic he's a drinker and that he basically lost sally uh, while he was getting drunk uh in a club and I, if i remember correctly i think he lost her because uh from a bet i think he betted her away and he lost her, and he he regretted it ever since and that kind of starts this booker's arc because if you remember from Infinite's ending, there are multiple bookers and each one of them make a different choice and each one of them mess up royally in different situations. This booker is no exception. He messes up royally with his Elizabeth. Um, and then stories kind of goes from there. But we'll get on to that bit sort of closer to the end. Um as I mentioned, we're back in Rapture. Uh, it's, it's for me personally, being a huge Barshak fan that I am, it's wonderful to be back in Rapture. Not just back in Rapture, but in the golden age of Rapture. Because Rapture, and I've said it multiple times, even when it's decrepit, even when it is dying, Rapture, it will always be a jewel. It will always just be gorgeous. And we're here now in the golden age of Rapture. the, the Before the fall. Like, you literally, you're on the day of the fall. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, it's the 31st of December, uh, 1958. And uh, that night is the night where a lot of splicers break out under the rule of uh, that Atlas. And fight back and rebel in the civil war and that's when the whole civil war and the sort of rapture starts to go to pot basically um so it's 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 interesting to not just be back in rapture and how gorgeous it looks but also it's at a pivotal pivotal point in the story to be at this moment where um it's about to go down it's about to to get messy so it's it's wonderful to be back here. Um, again, you are playing, you know, Booker is back, but in this reality, Booker is a PI as he was um, in the Bioshock Infinite. The only difference now, he is a PI um, in Rapture. Again, he was approached by Elizabeth to find a little girl named Sally. Um, and again, it starts very much the fact of you don't know where you are at first. You don't know um, what's going on. It's not until you leave your office that you realize, oh God, I'm back in Rapture. Um, and again, it's it's how is this how confusing the infinite gets because there's so many multiple realities. There's so no many sort of um, there's a word that Elizabeth uses um, constants and variables. There's always a constant. There's always a variable. There's always something that's always the same, but called differently. For example, um, in Colombia, it's called a skyhook. I think in Rapture, it's called a sky. Not skyline. It's called a um, sky grabber or something like that, or an air grabber. Same idea, it looks the same, a little bit artistically different, more rapturish than columbarish, but it does the same thing. Um, And again, it's a constant and a variable. It's always there, it's always constant, and it's a variable because it's the same thing, just different name. Again, it's quite complex, and if I confuse anybody, again, I do apologise, I'm not a scientist. It's just that this is my interpretation of what they mean. Um, But even in rapture it there's still a booker, there is still an Elizabeth. And it just shows that um for me personally, every ne- the next Barshark game, I'm gonna be looking for that. Like unless it's a, unless they make a reboot for Bar Shock Four. And if Bar Shock Four is a is a sort of sequel to Infinite and Barshark One and Two. Um then I will be looking out for those moments of Elizabeth, those moments of Booker, those moments of uh, Rapture and Columbia and those little sort of details. Because again, as I mentioned, those prior reviews, that's one of the things that have made those games so loved uh, by fans, not just the gameplay, not just the story, it's the details. It's being able to go back and spot things, especially when you know what you're looking for. And then when you spot them, it's that, ha, look, there it is. Um, So it's that constant of variables. It's that constant of like, there's always in the booker. there's always Elizabeth, there's always a lighthouse. Why is there always a lighthouse? How does that factor into Elizabeth? How many different versions of Elizabeth are there? How many different versions of Booker are there? Where are they? What are they doing? Are they the same? You know, it always brings up these questions. Uh, because again, as you learn at the end of Infinite, um, Booker and Comstock are the same person, their only difference is, um, Comstock is the person that Booker becomes if he gets baptised. If he chooses the Lord's way and he gets baptised, he then amalgifies and transforms into um, Comstock. He turns into Comstock. Whereas if he never gets baptised, he stays as Booker and as alcoholic. It's a catch-22 situation, where uh, if he turns into Booker, he, he goes evil and he gets Elizabeth back, but the problem is he steals it off of Booker um, who, who didn't get baptised, and that just means that there's a circle of a sort of non-baptized booker going up against a baptized booker aka Comsock again i know it's confusing this is it's not me this is the story of Bioshock Infinite i'm just trying to relay the information i know it's a bit confusing bear with me uh, <laughs> i did say they're going to be a lot of spoilers so i did say to play infinite and all the other Bioshocks first um as you make your way through the through Rapture again it's actually gorgeous to do so you're looking for clues you finally meet it with Sandra Cohen um Sandra Cohen not Sandra uh, then again, you wouldn't mind being called Sandra, um, but Sandra Cohen, uh, and you make your way through Fontaine's department store um, that Andrew Ryan has sort of, he uses as a prison for Splicers. So at this stage in the story, again, as I mentioned, it's the thirty first of December, nineteen eighty nine. It's the sort of t- high of the new year, because if you go to the Kashmir Lounge, which is at the beginning of um Bajuk 1, you see a banner of you know, welcome to nineteen 19- 59 because they were getting ready for the new year's it all happened went down on new year's night um of 1995 uh, 99th, uh, 1959, 1959. I am really confuzzled today I do apologize it's a been a long day I've all, I'd, I recorded another podcast episode uh before this so I'm a bit confuzzled so I I do apologize um but yeah so it all went down on new year's 1959 um so at this stage Atlas, so they think, has died in a massacre in a shooting. Atlas is, uh, I mean, Atlas uh, Fontaine is dead. Ryan believes this. The council believe this. So what they decide to do then is basically all assets that belong to Fontaine are now belong to Andrew Ryan uh, Ryan Industries, and um, Fontaine Department Store gets basically sunk down below Rapture to this little sort of gully sort of thing under 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 Rapture under this under. Um, Kind of like a trench sort of thing. And uh, that's where it stays. And that's basically what Ryan uses as a prison. He use, he puts all the splicers there, all the people that are sort of um, Fontaine, uh, loyalists and all that, anybody like that, it's a prison. Just put them there, forget about it, not worry about it. They can't leave. And only people who I give access to can go. Only people on the council can go there. But the council ain't going to go over my head. But again, if you read the book, you find that they all of them go over his head many, many times. Um, so for me as, as a, as a fan, the idea of not just being back in Rapture in the golden age, but it being there when it gets messy, but also having the hindsight of be having read the book Bioshock uh, Rapture, when I've already been here, I've already experienced this. I know what's about to go down. I'm, I'm, I'm close to the juiciness, to the goodness, to the, to getting ready for what is to come. Um, and it's, it's very much that calm before the storm. You know, it's seeing the people all in fancy outfits, all ready to party, all ready to dance the night away and get drunk on Prosecco and just enjoy the New Year celebration just to get ready for that. And at any moment, any one thing can make it go from being tranquil, like utopia, bliss, uh, to being a hellscape, to being hell on earth, to being buried at sea, you know, being a coffin under the water and it does and when it goes off it goes off and then that leads into the events of sort of Bioshock 1 and 2 and so on and so forth um so again as a mega fan as somebody who loves the lore of, of Bajak it was just nice for me to be able to um go back to Rapture and to be able to experience that um for myself firsthand not just through a book but being able to actually properly experience it uh firsthand um as for the gameplay, so the gameplay is very much the same as it is for um, Bioshock uh, Infinite. Um, as I mentioned, they kind of took the engine and they took sort of the, the gameplay mechanics of that, so you didn't have to rework it. Um, so anybody who was familiar with Bioshock Infinite would have an easy time coming into it, but also they added in things to make it feel like Rapture, to make it feel like the original Bioshock. So, you know, in this one, instead of a skyhook you have an air grabber. And that air grabber, again, like the Skyhook, allows you to traverse it. allows you to go on the rails, like to shoot from the hip while you have gliding to jump off it, airstrike and all that. Um, so it's still very much the infinite that we know and love. Again, with Booker's the same. Um, but it's, it's done in a rapture setting, which is, again, really, really nice. Uh, you get New Plasmid, which is uh, Old Man Winter, which allows you to freeze enemies which again is a fantastic sort of plasmid, which is kind of the same. Uh, we had the same plasmid in Bashak 1 and 2, um, but it's nice to bring it back after playing Infinite, which we didn't have a tool to freeze enemies. So to have a tool that we can freeze enemies, you know, it's it's a nice tool. And again, you use it to traverse the um, to traverse the maps as well. Uh, you have moments where you have these bridges of water spurting out and you can freeze that water and make a ice bridge. So it's sort of, Tied in with the story as, as well as it's a, it's a great tool. It's a lot of fun. And if you know what you're doing with it, if you're good at setting, setting the traps, you can freeze multiple enemies and with a melee strike, just shatter them to pieces instantly. So it's a fantastic new addition, new plasmin. Also, we get a brand new weapon as well as the weapons that we're we used to, again, from Bioshock Infinite, the carbine, um, the hand cannon, and the shotgun. Uh, we get the Tommy gun back. Uh, this what this Tommy gun looks a bit more sort of newish, like they've actually changed the design from the first game. Um, but again, it still works relatively the same. And then brand new gun, which I quite like, which I didn't really use it the first few times I've um, I've played uh, the game. Uh, I've I probably use it now because there was a an achievement, a 50g 50 uh, game score achievement for using this weapon. And the basic the idea is, it's like think of it you're shooting radar waves like microwave uh, energy waves out of this gun and if you can focus the beam on the enemy eventually once you've drained all the health they will explode and if enemies are in, uh, near them it will kill them in the shockwave um it's again it's a fantastically weapon it's overpowered uh, you don't get a lot of ammo for it um so i had to keep sort of uh kill a lot of enemies reload the checkpoint, kill up more enemies and did that about two or three times until I managed to get enough enemies in sort of a condensed area um to get the fifty G because I'm all about game game score, you know, I'm a I'm an achievement hunter. Um but it's a fantastic microwave sort of projected weapon. Um the idea the, the idea for it, the what it's meant to be used for, not as a weapon, it was meant to be made for women in Rapture so that they could point it at their sort of say like a chicken. And cook the chicken instantly. Um so they can cook food as this so no need to having a microwave or an oven, just zap it and nuke it anything anything and then just eat the radioactive waste that's left of this chicken. Um but again it's Rapture, anything can be used as a weapon. So people started using it as weapons and again anarchy ensued. Um but yeah, it's a fantastic new addition, new little new little weapon, and it brings um, a lot more fun to it. Again, as mentioned you have the sky grabber that allows you to um that sort of allows you to traverse because what they've done they've opened up the areas whereas a lot of the areas in Bashak 1 and 2 were very linear very sort of corridor close quarters combat that sort of thing um they've now opened the areas up and it actually fits within sort of the Bashak theme they've done a very well good job and fantastic job of really making it make sense for Rapture that these areas that you're in are opened up that they do look grand and huge and that the skylines make sense in these areas, and that it's not the skylines; they're um, they're the tubes that the post goes through. So, what you you might have noticed it, you might not have. It's again, it's a little detail, but in Bushik 1 and two, the way they used to get their mail around was these little portal tubes. And the idea was, you get a little canister, you put your uh, letter in, you close it, you pull it down the hatch, and you, it sends off to the other side of Rapture. And that was a way to really uh, get your message around sort of the city without having to go through the like airlocks and all that jazz it was just done through tubes um and that's kind of how they explain it away in this game is the fact of using the tubes as skylines to travel from one area to the next so it's again it's the infinite gameplay that you know um but done in a rapture way which again for me I, i i just loved um now i'm gonna try my best uh and explain to you my interpretation That is anyway of the end of part one so again spoilers ahead major spoilers ahead um basically the end of this um chapter this this episode is that you finally find out the intentions of elizabeth now granted like again if you played um infinite you know who elizabeth is you know what Elizabeth does and her powers and her sort of, uh, especially by the end of Infinite, you know her motives and her mission, shall we say, quote unquote. Um, So it's not really a surprise to you uh, as the player when Elizabeth reveals herself to this version of Booker, to this uh, iteration, shall we say, this dimensions version of Booker. Um, But to Booker, it's a surprise, like who are you, what are you doing? And basically it turns out, again, that this Booker, is fantasizing over this little girl Sally because um, he is missing his child, his um, little one, and his little one is Elizabeth. And again, as again, it ties into the whole idea between Comstock and Booker. Now, my my opinion is that at the end of Inf- end of Barsic Infinite, that. Elizabeth made amends with the bookers, with the different bookers who chose not to um, get baptised. I feel like she made amends with those versions of booker. uh, Those ones that decided that they didn't want to be baptised and that, granted, they might have drunk themselves silly, but they were only trying to their idea of rescuing the girl wasn't rescuing them because she's mine. It was rescuing her from myself or from their self, shall we say, because they're trying to, without knowing it, they're rescuing them from the worst versions of their self. So in my my interpretation of it is that Elizabeth has come to terms and comes to peace with those versions of Booker, but she's at war with the Comstock versions of Booker because those are the evil ones. Those are the ones that basically stole... Even though Booker shouldn't have sold Elizabeth originally to Comstock, he tries those versions of... Again, it's going to get confusing. Those versions of Booker. So let's just say Booker 1, Booker 2. So Booker 1's a good Booker. Booker 2 is Comstock, right? So even though Booker 1 shouldn't have sold it to Comstock, Booker 1 still sort of did, and he's trying to make amends. Whereas if Comstock hadn't bought the child off Booker 1 in, in the first place, then... Um, we wouldn't have had this issue. We've had wouldn't have had this cycle. That you know, this constant uh, constants and variables. This all the time, round and circles, always the same thing. Always, always happens. Always ends the same way. Um, so again, this Booker in this version in Rapture is a Comstock, and that this Comstock basically decided that his way of going to get his little girl back would be in rapture and that he shaves his beard off and that uh, he, go- he goes back to being Booker, that he pretends to-, to be Booker again. But within going back to being Booker, um, he then goes back to the alcohol. He goes back to the um, gambling. He goes back to basically being a bad sort of, not bad, but sort of a-, a man with struggles. And again, he still loses the little sister that he stole. So the little sister that he stole and he took away Sally... He still loses her anyway. He's destined to lose his child because he naturally is just unfit to be a father. You know, he's unfit for himself. So he can't look after anybody else. So again, this is all of my interpretation, mind you. So um, by the time Elizabeth finds this version of Comstock, who is sort of, she knows it's, it's a version of Comstock and she knows... Everything, Elizabeth is omnipresent. She knows what every dimension, she knows what's going on in every dimension. And I feel like when she finally sort of conference your version, uh, with the ver- this version of Comstock, um, and that we realize that this version of Comstock, that the the sort of um, factor in this one, that the difference is what turned this Comstock to, Comstock to turn to rapture, again, is the fact of when Booker originally tried to take the baby off Comstock originally, Um, as the portal was closing, a little bit of Elizabeth's pinky got cut off. In this version, um, as they were pulling and tugging Elizabeth through the gap, through the tear, um, Elizabeth ends up getting turns round and as she gets turns round, the sort of book of one has got hold of her, got hold of most of her body. But as the sort of tear starts to close, it closes around her neck and then, well, decapitates her, cuts her head off. Um which I would imagine then would have sent that book of crazy and would have sent this version, Comstock crazy. And this is what led to this version of Comstock going down to rapture to basically get his girl back. Um, but he couldn't get Elizabeth back. So he stole another child, Sally in terms, in way of sort of filling in that void. Um, and basically Elizabeth confronts him. He realizes what he's done, who he is. Um, and that, this before this book, uh, before this calm start can do anything, um, basically a Big Daddy comes in behind you, drills right through your stomach, right right through you, and kills you, and that is the end of episode one. Um, and that's sort of my interpretation of what Elizabeth is, why Elizabeth is there, why Elizabeth is doing there, and how it sort of factors in with the whole over 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 overarching arc storyline of sort of infinite and it carries on from the end of infinite to who elizabeth is now as a character um episode two as i mentioned gets a very very weird gets very different you do end up traveling um from rapture back to columbia back to rapture it gets very weird but episode two is my favorite because you get to it ties in so well between rapture uh, events in Rapture and events in Bioshock Infinite explains how um, the people in Rapture got plasmids and the idea of plasmids and there's just so much to it in, in terms of lore And again, the gameplay is different. And yeah, it's just mwah, fantastic. This whole sort of DLC is is incredible. Like Episode One is is mostly there to set up the events of Episode Two because when Episode Two starts, it just it's just juicy and it's just epic and it's it's yeah it doesn't let go and it's it's a very different game um so um that's episode one done um time to go off and talk about episode two so let's go do that shall we It's up to you what matters more your part in the play or the play itself rosalind and robert lucette so here we are on episode two i've not long finished it and in my opinion it's this is some of the best dlc for any game i've ever played um in terms of the sort of revelations, the stories, the conclusion, the themes, the settings, everything about it is just perfect. Especially if you're like me, you're a huge fan of, of Bioshock and Rapture and the mythology and lore behind it. Is there anything you'd want from this series? Um, you know, Kevin Levine said he didn't want to come back to Rapture because he didn't feel like there was any story to tell. That the reason he didn't do Bioshock 2 was because he told all the story that him and the team wanted to tell. In the first game, well, in this um, story DLC, they found a story. They found a reasonable story to tell that made sense, not just for the narrative, but also fit in with uh, Elizabeth Booker, uh, Infinite Columbia, and just entwined it so perfectly that, yeah, it, the the overall conclusion, if but, you know, if nothing but sad and, and depressing still gives you a lot of answers to a lot of questions you might have from Bioshock 1. And even for somebody like me who's read the book, um, the prequel novel, um, there were still questions that you know you would still have. Uh, when I I remember when I first played, I played the uh, DLC before I read the book. Um, so when I actually got around to reading the prequel novel, I remember sitting there going, ah, see, I know how this piece of technology or this thing came from and how it came from because obviously the book was written before infinite came out before the um the story expansion uh bury let's see so i don't blame them for not having it added in there and also even if they even if ken levine and the team had the idea for all these sort of revelations and that that sort of thing um in you know originally before they did infinite uh, i'm glad they kept them out because you know, these little surprises, little these little Easter eggs, um, are just revolutionary and re- revelationary as well. Really, that the way does pull you out again, these twists and turns they're on that they are kind of close to being on the level of would you kindly, not as fantastically as great. Because as I mentioned, you can't uh, cap that, that is the be all and end all, the peak, and there's no other going over it, or not that I've ever seen anyway or oh, experienced, um, but it comes pretty close, and it, it hits harder the more you know about Rapture, the more you've played the games, the more of the fan you are, uh, the more you, more ent- entrenched you are into the lore, into the world, the more you'll love what is going on here. Um, so let's get into it shall we um so the plot plot's not very very long this expansion is about four hours long uh, episode two it depends how long it takes you it might be longer depends if you're really really stealthy you're playing hard difficulty um i just played on the on the quick difficulty so i could get through it very quickly and i could sort of do it for notes um it was about, about four hours four to five hours long maybe a bit longer um so the overview plot Is that Elizabeth basks in Paris at the turn of the 20th century? However, she unexpectedly spots Sally and gives chase as she pursues her. Elizabeth's idealized version of the Paris city turns nightmarish. Her memories of Columbia, Comstock, and Sally continue to haunt her after the events of Beryl at Sea, Episode 1. So, at the end of Beryl at at 1, like I mentioned, you get the revelation that uh, the Booker that you played as is actually Comstock, and that she, uh, Elizabeth basically came for revenge to get revenge on this on this sort of Comstock, and in terms basically sacrifice Sally to to reveal Comstock. Um, but she can't in episode two, as you find, she can't re really sort of live with herself knowing that she had to sacrifice somebody, um, especially Sally, a little girl to get this version of Comstock to to get them to get revenge on, on Comstock, basically. Because um, as I mentioned at the end of the last one, she's come to terms with Booker now. And as we find in this expansion, she sees Booker as her only friend, as the only good, the good Booker that is, the Booker that that sort of went to alcoholism, went to the drink instead of apart from being baptised. Um, she only sees that Booker as a friend, the only Booker that is is, is ever sort of well her booker, the booker that you play as in the game is her only friend, the only person, true, honest, decent, which says a lot, person that she ever ever meets. But she starts to question herself. She starts to question, Am I just like my father? You know, am I sort of, you know, vindictive and vengeful and cruel and mean? You know, are you Sally like um Comstock used me for Booker? Um, you know, am I any different from my father? You know, um, so again, it adds a lot of questions, and she tries to rationalize herself. Like, no, she's different, but you actually realize she's not so different at all. Um, so, as I mentioned, uh, the game sort of takes place in Paris, um, and it's just wonderful, it, it's beautiful. But again, as Colombia again, Colombia, as I explained in my Bosch Infinite um, review, uh, it's not what it seems. You know, it, there's, there's a facade of it. You, you know, you walk around and you start to notice. Very little things at first, but you start to notice things don't seem right. You know, for example, you know, um, everybody they talk to, everybody knows Elizabeth. Because, hi, Elizabeth, or oh, the French, I like, say, bonjour, Elizabeth. You know, they they all say hello to her. They all know her name. They already know who she is, and she knows them. And again, to her, it, it's completely normal. None of this is strange. All of this is, is, is normal because, again, this is a sort of idolized reality that she's created for herself a place for her to to live and exist uh, forever in peace and again she always wanted to go to paris so it makes sense that she would come here um and even you know even with the song uh laval and the rose i think i butchered that name um Even that song, which, you know, you've heard it, if you've heard any sort of movie that has uh, Paris or France in it, it's the song that always gets played um, in the background. But even that can't hide the fact that everybody knows Elizabeth, that, you know, even when you walk into a bookstore, Elizabeth will ask for a book, right? And again, this is not part of the story. This is just part of you exploring. So if you don't explore, you won't uh, see this uh, moment. But um, if you sort of explore uh, when you're in paris and you get to this bookstore you can walk into it and, and elizabeth i can't i didn't manage to write down the book she was looking for um but uh the book clerk he goes uh, hello or bonjour um how can i help you elizabeth and she goes have you found x y and z book and he laughs he goes, oh no 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 elizabeth uh, that book uh, is not even out yet and she goes oh okay you know and again it's it, it's, it shows you a very quick glances of like, okay, things aren't right here. Why does everybody know Elizabeth? How would he know that book doesn't exist yet? That's not out yet. You know, again, it starts to make you um, question things. And it's not until you chase Sally that you actually realize, oh, this isn't real. It's like a starless version of heaven for, um, for Elizabeth really. And that's not until you kind of snap back to reality up oh, there goes gravity and uh, you find yourself back in rapture and that Elizabeth realizes, well, um, what am I doing back? I never opened a tear to come back here. My job was done. I had no, no need to come back here. And then she has an existential crisis of so realizing what she did to Sally, that she left Sally to her own fate. She left her here, that she has to rescue her and quickly straight away, like, again, spoilers. Um, and I did, I did say at it first it's going to be spoilers. Um, but quickly straight away you know you you realize that actually um Elizabeth died that the, the big daddy that killed Booker then turned on Elizabeth and killed Elizabeth um and that the Elizabeth you are playing isn't the same Elizabeth it's a new Elizabeth it's an Elizabeth of um this world this dimension i'm trying my best to figure out how to explain it because it's very weird and convoluted um when i first played i thought that maybe that elizabeth had inherited a splicer woman that a splice a woman's body who um who had died and that's what i thought they had done and that was going to be a big revelation at the end um it isn't um but that would have been cool as well but no the elizabeth that we know from brightrick infinite she died she was killed by big daddy and now a new elizabeth um who has her pinky but doesn't have any of her powers, um, is now sort of stuck in rapture that, you know, she's no longer a god anymore. She she the the doors are closed to her as it explained. Meaning that she can't see the past, she can't see the future, she can't see the different realities. She can't see tears. She can't open them anymore. Like she is for all sort of terms of the word, mortal, human. She she is like um oh I was I did have a name, a Greek sort of um story then in my head but i've lost it It it's very much like when imhotep you know in that's one i'm going to use this one instead when imhotep in um the mummy Two, mummy returns um when imhotep loses his abilities and he has to fight the scorpion king as a mortal it's kind of on those sort of, all, sort of grounds really i was trying to go something for more greeks you know philosophical um uh but i just went for the mummy Two. but again the mummy Two is a fantastic series and it works just perfectly so you know um but yeah, you know, there's tons of twists and turns in this. Oddly enough, when I was writing these notes, um, I did try to steer away from certain revelations. But oddly enough, the ones I steered away from were ones that are not really big story beats, Mostly just small little Easter eggs that, um, that unless you're a super fan like me, have a big payoff or they just have a little payoff. It depends again how much you you enjoy this series, um, as, which is again I found very very odd when I'm looking at my notes. But you know, this is just the way I write my notes down. I'm a very odd person. Anyway, um, as for the gameplay, uh, it's all stealth. It, you know, it's, it's all stealth based. You know, as again, as Elizabeth is no longer a god, she is no longer has her powers. She must sneak around, you know, Rapture. And this gives another sort of um, whole new aspect, a whole new sort of um, spin on uh, spin on the coin of gameplay. For that, we've played in Bioshock 1 2 Infinite, you know, again, it's very tight corridors, um, very run gun, you know, even on high difficulties, one, two punch, plasmids, uh, infinite use the sky hooks, you know, you've got big open areas, all different types of weapons and vigors, and blah, blah blah blah. You know, this takes it back to extreme basics, and it is just you're sneaking around, you know, you can't take as many hits as any of the other characters could, you can't run a gun. Well, on his difficulty you can but even then there's not a there's not a lot of ammo around so even if you could run and gun you haven't got a lot of ammo to sort of do that with so you have to sneak around there's air vents you know you can go through the air ducts sneak around like the little sisters do um on the floor there's bits of broken glass there's puddles you've got to watch out for them um if you want to sneak on the enemy you've got to make sure they're on carpet because if they're walking on wood or metal or anything like that um, your footsteps are echoed so you've got to crouch and, w- and make sure they're on carpet and it just adds a new sort of dynamic that we've never seen before um, in any barshark game and I enjoy it for that because it allows you to use the mechanics of Shark Infinite and the gameplay from there in a lot more versatile way in a way that we've never done it before uh, in Infinite or any of a in that is is interesting because again it makes sense for the character because she's not booker dewitt she's not comstock she's not jack she's not a big daddy she can't run a gun she's not a soldier she doesn't kill well she has killed but she's not a killer she's not a soldier she doesn't know what she's doing you know and you can you know again on these difficulties you can run a gun and destroy things and as you do it interest interestingly as i found because again i just ran around shooting and you know not worrying about setting alarms off and all that um I didn't in my first, when my first play the game my first ever played through I didn't, um, but doing this sort of review just to get through it quite quickly, um, I did. And one thing I noticed was that the more people you kill, just inherently Elizabeth was to start sort of talking to herself, and she would go, "I really am my my um, my father's daughter. How easily I can take a life, and how easily I can kill somebody." Um, and f- as she goes on, she's she's talking to her subconscious, kind of like her version of Jiminy Cricket. Um, the only difference is it's not Jiminy Cricket, it's Booker. You know, her subconscious is Booker. Book is, Booker is telling her, uh, you know, is, is kind of like a console to her. She's telling him things. But even, even Booker is aware, like, look, I'm just a figment of your imagination. I'm not really Booker. I'm not really here. I am just your psyche. I'm just your conscious. I am just, a, you know, your rationale of things. Um, and she has these conversations with Booker, like, am I just like my father? And then it really proper, obviously, again, it's her subconscious. So the answer that Booker gives back are very much of answers she already is aware of. She already knows the answer to these questions. She just asks them. And the person who answers them is in the voice of Booker. But it, it's an answer that she already knows. And again, it's very wonderful, very, very interesting. Um, but again, it still gives that extra of detail to the gameplay that if you are very sneaky, um, you don't. Get as much of these sort of little details, little these little moments of um, Booker and um, Elizabeth talking to each other. It's a very light heartedness of like, look, I'm not like, I'm not my father's daughter. I choose not to kill, and I want to be sneaky, and I try to take as less life as possible, unlike my father. And again, it's two different sides of the coin. You can even be full Comstock, or you can be full Booker, um, full Dewitt you know is it the wit side the hero side or is it the comstock side and she gets to choose which version of her father she she wants to be or she can be her own entity her own person again it's it's a very empowering but again it's those little details as i mentioned this is the thing that i love about barshock it's these little details again it depends on how you play and the choices you make and where you look at things and where and you know how you look at things, it's all details. And if you can spot these details, for me personally, it just makes the game ever better because you know, notice that the game takes notice, that the game is self-aware in a way, like the character's self-aware, the world's self-aware, the the world knows what it is, the game knows what it is, and you as a player now realise what's going on behind the sort of mechanics, how it works, and you can embrace it and enjoy it a lot more for what it is because you are now in tune, in the know-how of what's going on. So I like that kind of thing. Um, But again, uh, you find yourself, again, back in Rapture as well as Columbia um, as the threads start to sort of come together about how and why Rapture and Columbia are connected. You know, the origins of the Vigors and Plasmids, why they're connected. You know, um, the sort of Songbird, how that works, how sort of they managed to get the Songbird sort of imprinted on Elizabeth. It also, again, how that links into the big daddies and the imprint with the little sisters, how that works. You even there's a moment near to the end of the game where you get to again spoilers obviously, um, you get to show the little sisters. You you were kind of like the genesis, the original sort of uh, bring together the the these the original sort of um, anchor point. You know the starting block of showing the little sisters how to. Um, connect to the to the big daddies and that's started that and um again these little these little sort of story beats here and there the these little details of how sort of columbia got vigors and um how dr su chan had dealings and was working with uh think uh, from columbia um through the use of tears and again it's all this little bit of detail that is just for a super fan like me is is everything that you want you know you're getting so much more you're you're learning more about it like again as i mentioned none of this is referenced in the books obviously none of this is 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 mentioned anywhere else um apart from here but that's fine because being able to experience them firsthand is 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 wonderful and again it To me, it, it brings another dynamic now because when I go back and I play, again, it took me a lot to keep it out of the review for Barshak 1, 2 and Infinite because now knowing the, the, the sort of hindsight being a beautiful thing, now knowing what I know, going back and playing those original games, I have an extra level and layer of enjoyment. Again, it's an onion. I know I use this analogy for Infinite but it's an onion, you know, the, the, the more, you know, the more information you get. And again, the more ideas between plasmids, plasmids and um, vigors, big daddies, little sisters, the link songbirds and all that, when you sort of get all those connections in and it makes it all more sense, that's when it's very much the fact of, Oh my God, you know, I I know I now know how this works. I I understand now when you play Barshak One, the whole idea of of Atom, and I understand why plasmas are so important. I understand again when you play Infinite. I understand the the meaning of Sunbird. I understand the Big Daddies and what went into it. And would you kindly? I understand where that came from. I understand who Atlas is more. I understand who Ryan is more, and Suchan and Tenenbaum. and you know, it's just it just you know your mind just you know it starts to just for me anyway it just starts to throb of like i can see the connections in my head it's all starting to connect now it's all starting to make sense um and that's why i say this um story expansion is so epic and is so incredible and so well done because it brings together all the threads all the loose ends and it connects them perfectly um even though again the ending which i'll get onto in a minute when i do my overall thoughts and wrap things up um even though the ending is very sort of sad and depressive, um, the revelations are just mind-blowing. Um, and this is, you know, I know I said it, you know, I don't want to go back to Rapture unless there was a reason. And I still stand by what I said that Barshak 1 and 2 ends the story of Rapture perfectly. But, the reason why I like this one and the reason why this one makes sense and this, and the reason why this expansion is, is contrary to that statement is because this story is kind of, it's wedged between the sort of before, right, just, just before on the cusp of the Civil War and during the events of the Civil War. And again, it links with all the threads that it's a story that it's during the golden age, during the fall. It's a part of the, of the sort of, um, lore and story of rapture that we haven't seen yet. or haven't been to yet. Um, and to be able to experience it firsthand and actually have a, again, Elizabeth having a hand in the story and in the narrative and how that plays out for Bashakwan and so on and so forth, um, makes it for me the best, but also should be. And I mean, this and i doubt it if anybody at 2k is listening again i doubt it um that's it leave rapture alone it's done don't need to go back to rapture i don't want to reboot you know uh, the games are perfect as they are you don't need to reboot it you know go underground go to space go to another planet go deep into the jungle go to antarctica i don't care just leave the ocean and leave rapture alone let it have a good death. Let's, you know, let's leave it here. There. We've, we've told every story that there is to tell. Stop. So, yeah. Um, my overall thoughts, overall, um, of Bury Episode 2. Again, as I mentioned, fantastic, fantastic, lovely. Very, very brutal. Uh, very shocking. Very full of revelations. Um, the ending, again, like I said, is very sad. Um, the reason that the ending is so sad is because... <laughs> Elizabeth realized... There's a moment in, in this... Um, I'm trying best how to explain it. There's a moment in this episode where... One thing that always confused me when I used to play Barshak Infinite was that why Daisy decided to, to, to be a killer. Why Daisy, the leader of the Vox Populi, the leader of the rebellion, that she was meant to be somebody who stood for good, who stood for the right, who stood for... Um, the betterment of all, you know, in Colombia, not just the few that was um, looked down on and hated, um, but for everybody, you know, and that's whole point of the rebellion was to freedom for all. Um, it never made sense to me as to why she would then decide to threaten the life of a young boy, Fink's son, um, you know, at, at gunpoint. It, that never made sense to me, and there is a moment again that that thread is cleared up here. Um, there is a moment in this episode where you get behind the scenes, where you kind of realize you you see a scene where basically Daisy is talking to the twins, um, and the twins are constant in Barshak Infinite. They always appear, um, and they basically say that there'll be a there'll come a time very shortly. Where you have to make a choice that if you want the the story to end well, if you want Comstock to die, and you want things to end um, and f- to be better to the, for a better future, you have to do think that it's not in your nature, not in your character, um, and basically you you have to make the choice of like f- for the betterment of everybody else and f- to stop this um to stop comstock and to make sure that everything ends well elizabeth the girl has to stop being a girl and become a woman um and the only way to do that is by blood and um and again if you played barjack infinite you know that um elizabeth ends up killing daisy and it's the first time she's ever killed anybody but as soon as she does it there's an instant change. There's an instant moment where she is no longer a little girl anymore. That she is a woman. That she is grown up and she's matured and she's capable and um what's the other word? She is um well again, yeah, she's she is capable of doing what needs to be done, of taking down her father, taking down Comstock. Um because she didn't wasn't capable of it. She didn't have it in her um to do it when she was a girl. And that revelation, um, ripples again it's it's um constants of variables that revelation ripples through elizabeth uh ripples through the story and again she has that same sort of question she has to ask herself at the end like she knows atlas is going to betray her she knows atlas is going to kill her but she knows she can see the future she can see that she must help atlas she must give atlas the code word would you kindly um because if she if she does then Jack from Bioshock 1 will get called to rapture and that um, Jack will come save all the little sisters um, kill Atlas kill Ryan um, and save the day and if she doesn't do what she does um, the events of Bioshock 1 wouldn't happen and Bioshock 2 wouldn't happen Um, so she realises she has to die kind of like you know um, kind of like Harry Potter You know, the boy must die, so Voldemort will die. It's the same sort of idea, same sort of concept. Like, she has to die in order for the right timeline to happen. Um, So she finds the code, would you kindly. She gives it to Atlas. Again, as she knew, Atlas uh, kills her. Um, But um, Sally is saved because of Jack. Because Jack comes down to Rapture and saves little sisters. And one of those little sisters is Sally, shall I say. Um, So she didn't die in vain. But she does die very brutally, um, which is very sad. But I don't, me personally, I don't believe that this is the end of of Elizabeth's story. As I mentioned, there it's it's a multiverse. There are multiple millions and trillions of quadruples, yeah, tons and yeah. There's loads of different bookers. There's loads of different Elizabeths. There's loads and loads and loads of of different um, Comstocks. So again, who's to say that whatever Barshak Four will be couldn't have their own Elizabeth? You know, couldn't have their own book. I'm not saying to rehash the story. I'm just saying the fact of, you know, if they ever wanted to drop an Easter egg here and there, the option's there. So our version of Elizabeth died at the beginning of episode two. This, this version of Elizabeth, she died. um, But that's, there's still tons of Elizabeths out there. So who knows? But overall like not just overall in the Superb, but I mean, overall is in this whole sort of look back at Bar Shock. Um First of all, I just want to say thank you for everybody who is stuck with me, who has listened to every single one of these episodes that I've done, who has listened to me get spiritual, who's listened to me get um, philosophical and uh, sophisticated a bit, you know. Um, I, I do appreciate it a lot. You know, this is a passion project of mine. This is something that I, I've wanted to look into for a long time not just even before the podcast i originally had planned to do a deep dive like this for youtube but again i never figured out how to do it with videos and um editing and all that but um i'm glad i'd finally be able to do it and people listen to it people liking it the feedback has been great so if it wasn't for all that love and all that sort of appreciation and people listening i probably would have not bothered but you all seem to really enjoy it. So I wanted to say again, thank you. And I appreciate you for, for sticking around. Um And yeah, overall, looking back at Barshak, it's been wonderful. It really, really has. Again, I'm a super fan. I love this series. Um I love the book. You know, I wish there was more books, to be honest. I would happily read them more. I wish there was a book for Barshak Infinite, to be honest. There isn't, sadly. I've read the art book, though. I read the art book to Barshak Infinite. Um because I was just so interested and fascinated in that world that I had at one time with other. I don't longer have it, but I owned um the art book for that game um so I am a fan, I really really am um and it's just lovely to notice again these little details to notice these little things to not just to go in it as a gamer but to go into uh, as a reviewer and to um look into it and scrutinize and nitpick in a good way in the in the best of ways. Um, and just to see this game for again what it is not for all what i want it to be or what i remember it being from playing multiple multiple times in the past um it's been a joy it really really has um i can't wait to do another one of these um for another game i i actually i think i already have planned what the other game's going to be um but i won't reveal it here um and that one you won't hear anything from that for a long time but I know what the next uh, deep dive is going to be what next series I'm going to deep dive into um, it's one way out of my wheelhouse um, it's a series that I've played before in the past um, but I've only played the newer ones I haven't really played much of the older ones um, but it's a series I've always wanted to properly go back to in the older games um, to see what I missed and to see how the sort of series evolved um, so when that comes I will let you all know but it won't be anytime soon but yeah, I've I've uh, I've got another one planned. I've got another one up my sleeve. So there'll be another one of these soon. Um but not too soon. Because we've got other stuff to cover. So you know, don't hold your horses too much. You know, let them roam for a bit. Don't hold them in in, in wait. Um So uh, yeah, that's that's been everything really. That's been part one, part two of burial at sea. That's been basically me and the bar um uh deep dive into it all. Um, again thank you very very much for listening Uh, if you're interested in wanting to hear more uh, you can find this podcast uh, basically anywhere and everywhere uh, you find podcasts apart from again Apple Podcasts Uh, you can find me on Audible again you can find me on YouTube at Nostalgic uh, the Nostalgic Podcast again if you haven't already like comment subscribe and all that jazz let me know what you feel about Barshock. let me know what you feel about this series the way I've, I've handled it and Feedback, positive, negative, any and all uh, really helps me out uh, a lot. Um, again, if you listen to this on Spotify, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and all that jazz. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're on Spotify, make sure that you give me a sort of thumbs up um, and star rating, one to five stars. Uh, so whatever you feel is fair, five stars, best thing you've ever had in your life, one star. You fumbled at the end, which I have done multiple times already now. Um, but whatever you feel like it's fair, one to five stars, uh, I do do appreciate. And, uh, yeah, so I just, again, I just want to say thank you. I, d- I just, I can't say it enough. I, 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 I'm I so grateful. I really, really am that I've been given this honor and privilege to, to cover this series as much as I've been able to. Um, so thank you. And, um, yeah, so I've been your host, Luke the Human. You have been listening to the Nerd Stargit Podcast. Uh, Thank you very, very much for listening. I appreciate you you greatly. Um, And I'll catch you in the next one. All right. Bye-bye.